Max, recently orphaned, goes to see a screening of a B-horror movie that her mother made 20 years earlier. When Max and her friends find themselves in the world of the film itself, they must apply their knowledge of horror tropes to survive. Welcome to Law and Horror. I'm your host, Jeanette, and in a horror movie, I would survive by hiding until I'm forgotten. And I'm your other host, Julie. In a horror movie, I would die investigating the strange sound. Oh my gosh, I want to hear about this American Horror Story news that you're you're withholding from me. Um, so the news is a bummer. <laughs> what? No! Um, they were set to start filming and then COVID struck. So, the new season is not coming out until 2021. Yeah. I'm not even celebrating my birthday this year. Like, 2020 does not count. I'm just going to turn 30 again. And, like, fuck 2020. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. It's a a real crap fest. Yeah. No, no AHS. Okay. Um. (laughs) <laughs> but I did want to, I forgot about this for a couple of episodes, but then I remembered the other day that you had gotten mad at Josh because he made fun of your horror movie fear and how your ultimate fear uh, yeah. is sharks. Rude. So I asked him, Rude. I told him that you were mad and I asked him what his <laughs> horror movie fear was and he said it was getting buried alive. Ooh, that's a legit one. That would be pretty terrible. Yeah, so the old, the first movie that came to my mind was the movie Buried, which I don't think was meant to be a horror movie, but it was definitely sufficiently horrifying. Is that with Ryan Reynolds? Isn't there, like, a movie where he gets, like, buried alive and it's, like, the yes. whole movie? Yes. I've never seen it. I'm just quoting something I've... Let me look it up, because I can't remember if it was Ryan Reynolds, but there it's the entire movie takes place in a coffin underground, and it's fucking rough. Ugh. Does he make it out? I'm not telling you. Do you want to introduce the movie we're going to do for our final season one episode? Our season finale, if you will, is The Final Girls. It came out in 2015. I just realized I do like really exaggerated hand motions and nobody can see (laughs) me, so I don't know why I do that. (laughs) But (laughs) we're doing The Final Girls and it's directed by Todd Strauss-Schlusen. (laughs) <laughs> it's written by M.A. Fortin and Joshua John Miller. It stars Tysa Farmiga, who is the little sister of Vera Farmiga, for those of you who are fans of The Conjuring, and it's ill. Yes. It stars also Malin Ackerman, Adam Devine, and Nina Dobrev for fans of The Vampire Diaries, amongst many others. Mm-hmm. This movie's really big on, like, where have I seen that person from? Stars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're already familiar with the film, go ahead and skip forward two minutes. Julie's allowed to tune me out. I've just got a real quick summary for you. (laughs) All right. The film starts with the death of Max's mother, Amanda, who is known best for her role as Squeam... (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving that in. (laughs) No! (laughs) The film starts. (laughs) Okay, okay, for reals. The film starts with the... (laughs) focus 
people expect it from us, Julie. We have to be professional. There's a level of professionalism that people of this podcast have come to expect. Yes, God. <laughs> if only they knew how much we had to cut out because we're just nincompoops. Oh, like 30 minutes every episode. Oh, yeah. At least 30 minutes to like 45 minutes every episode. It's Everyone. just our shenanigans. <laughs> The film starts with the death of Max's mother, Amanda, who is known best for her role as Scream Queen Nancy in a cult classic slasher film called Camp Bloodbath. Three years later, on the anniversary of her mother's death, Max is persuaded to attend a special double feature showing of Camp Bloodbath and its sequel. During the film, the theater is accidentally set ablaze. In order to get the group to safety, Max uses a machete to cut a hole in the screen and they all step through. The group soon realizes they have somehow been transported into the movie. They let the first couple of murders happen without interference, but are spotted by the machete-wielding killer Billy Murphy, when Duncan, one of the members of the group, is stabbed by him trying to take a selfie. While telling the legend of Billy Murphy, the counselors are alerted to the fact that the urban legend is real and will come to kill them. In a panic, the counselors try to flee. Kurt and Paula drive off, but when Duncan emerges still alive, the car hits him and then crashes into a totem pole, killing all three. Now aware that the characters who originally survived the movie can die, Max and the others decide to save anyone they can. They also decide that Max, the only remaining virgin, is the new <laughs> final girl. <laughs> and plot to get Billy's machete into her hands so she can kill him and end the film. The group booby-trap the cabin... And then during that, Tina, Blake, Vicky, and Gertie are all killed fighting off Billy. Chris, Nancy, and Max flee the cabin and Billy chases after them. Chris is stabbed and Billy kidnaps Nancy. Max finds her at Billy's barn hideout. And the two women fight him, which results in Max getting stabbed before they can both escape. After the two retreat to the chapel, Max tells Nancy that in the real world, she is Max's mother. They bid each other a tearful farewell, then Nancy sacrifices herself by luring Billy. Max, now the final girl, fights Billy and eventually decapitates him with his own machete. A wounded Chris arrives and the two kiss, while the credits for Camp Bloodbath play in the sky. Max wakes up to find herself in the hospital where she is reunited with her friends. The group hears Billy Murphy's approach tune and realize that they are in Camp Bloodbath 2, Cruel Summer. Billy crashes through the glass doors of the hospital as the title appears. You know how I know you didn't write that summary? Uh, I'm imagining there's words that I said that you're like, Nettie would never say that. They bid each other a tearful goodbye. <laughs> it was a tearful farewell. <laughs> That's a copy and paste job if I've ever heard one. Oh, hells yeah. I mean, I start with them and they're always so long. So then I kind of like weed them down and then I try to cut and paste. But it's so much work to do a summary that I'm just like, why am I trying to reinvent the wheel here? Right. No, no, I, I'm not criticizing you for doing the copy and paste job. I just, when you were like, they bid each other a tearful farewell. I was like, okay, Nettie. Little, <laughs> okay, we're a little melodramatic today. <laughs> I mean, that scene does just bring me to tears every time. Oh my I'm God. such a cheese ball. It hits so, me where I live. I made, I've watched this movie so many times because I just think it's phenomenal. But I made, mm -hmm. um the most recent time I watched it before this time was with my friend Raymond. And mm -hmm. he got super wasted before we watched it just 
coincidentally, <laughs> not because we were watching it. <laughs> and I remember every time that Max and Nancy were in a scene together, he was like, are they going to make out? <laughs> oh my God. That is exactly why I did not let Aaron watch this movie with me. <laughs> it's like, no, they just have amazing chemistry because they love each other. Because it's a mom and daughter. Not everybody's <laughs> chemistry is sexual. <laughs> exactly. Do not ruin this for me. <laughs> well, Raymond's gay, so it's not like he was getting some sort of, like, pleasure out of, no, like, but- <laughs> these two women are going to make out. Like, he was just kind of like, that's cool. They're going to make out. I'm like, no, you're missing the point of the movie. No. <laughs> He's like, good for them. Make out. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> Okay, so what did you give this film? Oh, what's our metric? What do we have? I mean, I feel like we've done Machete, but Machete also is fitting, but... Mm, Film reels. Okay, I like it. Film reels, yes. So I give this movie four out of five film reels. Ooh, nice. Okay. It's very close to a perfect movie for me. Like, I fucking love this movie. Um, But Mm. there's just, like, a couple, like, little tiny nitpicky things. Like, maybe my score is even closer to four and a half film reels, because it's just mm-hmm. a couple nitpicky things where I'm like, I wish that you had done this differently. And for a movie yeah. to be like the full five out of five for me, it, I have to be like, I wouldn't change anything about this movie. I really like how you have that as your like, the, that's what a five stands for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I had it like delineated as clearly when I first started giving out ratings. And so this one I did do um, a four and a half out of five film reels Mm -hmm. because exactly like you had said, if there's something you would change Um, and there are a couple things I would tweak. And for me, this might sound terrible. I think I need an R rating for this movie. Ah. I think I need a cabin in the woods component of like, none of this really feels like a horror movie to me you kind of forgot to scare me along the way it's definitely like at least more a comedy little bit. than horror yeah 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 yeah. but um oh, what was it what was the scene that i was thinking of fuck oh duncan actually it was duncan's scene where he's duncan. like standing there and then billy murphy is kind of coming up behind him and i i got really tense i was like fuck, I can't remember. I think you die. I think you die. Do you die? I think you die. Huh! You know? And so I think yeah. I just needed a bit more of the, like, visceral blood and guts. Yeah, I. now that you mention I don't think there's any point in this movie where I'm scared or concerned for the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I know that they're dying, like, it doesn't get you to that visceral level, except for maybe, maybe um, Vicky and Gertie's death. That one's a little bit that more rough. Was, and then, yeah. actually, Nancy's death is rough, too. But there's a difference between being oh. sad that characters died and being afraid for those characters. Yes, exactly. Because you want to be able to go play, like, a would-you-rather game and, like, I don't want to go that way. Mm-hmm. And there's just, it. everything happens too fast or too off-screen that I, you know, I forgot that Tina gets her head chomped in a bear trap but it's just kind of like oh she fell <laughs> like, and how do we gone. forget that <laughs> i know because they don't show it it's so like off to the side and then we just swing along and it was like okay but like that'd be fucking gnarly <laughs> yeah i mean there's also like 20 characters in this movie that die so <laughs> they had to speed things up more <laughs> there are so many de- characters that like every time i start this movie i'm like oh i forgot about you like the strawberry picker that, the oh, fucking yeah, totally. hippie. I, they didn't even make it in my outline. I fucking forgot. And I was watching yeah. the movie as I made the outline. <laughs> I only remembered her um, because she has the where's the beef line, which is the grossest oh. line in the whole movie. I don't like it. 
She just turns around. Also, Where's the beef? I feel like, okay, I had to, like, look up what that reference was from. This is one where I proudly feel a little bit like, I think I'm too young to get that reference. <laughs> that maybe I'm just too stupid. Less it's and less for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. There was there was a rough one where we were playing a game once and, and somebody didn't know what Watergate was and I was just like, oh. <gasps> No, that's bad. No, that's oh. bad. That's not that's not a you're too young thing, that's a you're ignorant thing. Okay, okay. Makes me feel a little better. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, I definitely wanted to start off with though with how the film started. Frickin' car scenes where they're driving and they're not watching the road. I know. I feel so bad for you every time I watch this oh opening God. scene. I'm like poor Nettie. <laughs> oh my god i actually like turn the volume down and i sort of like watch the right hand corner of the tv so i'm it's not like fully in my view because i just i can't stand the stress of knowing when it's gonna come yeah at least it's they don't much. get t-bone at least you don't have that really upsetting like visual when there when you as a viewer can see a car coming through the driver's side window and the driver clearly doesn't see oh. it yeah. that's a very that's a very stressful visual so at least they mm-hmm. just kind of get like clipped and then it ends poorly yes. for them yeah and then the cg is kind of kind of like awkward oh yeah bad. the cg is <laughs> very it, bad it, for 2015 yeah. the cg is very bad in that moment yeah and it's 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 the kind of thing where you're like okay guys like this is this is not is this completely taking me out of the film yeah so yeah. I mean, I um, don't think they had thing... a great budget for this movie, probably. Oh, that's true. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I just, I recognize everybody, so. Right, but they're all, like, actors that you're like, where do I know you from? Like, they're not, like, Brad Pitt. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing I do, I loved about the car scene was when the mom throws all the bills out the window, and I just literally couldn't help but think, I wish throwing bills out the window made them go away. Like, it doesn't actually, I mean, like... it kind of does. It kind of does, but, like, they're still going to find you, and you have to pay late fees and interest. Yeah. And... Or you could not <laughs> live that or bug you life. you could not. You're like, I'm going to give you nothing. And then they turn your power off. And then you're like, now I have candles. You can't hurt me. You can't hurt me, government. Come find me. Come find me. <sighs> and then, okay, so then they start playing the song that kind of sets the tone for the movie with the mother-daughter song is the Betty Davis Eyes. Which is my drunk and... song. Oh, is it really? Yeah, this is one of those songs that, like, I'll hear drunk and I'll literally, like, I could literally be screaming in somebody's face because I'm pissed and, like, the song will start playing and be like, her hair is Harlow gold. <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, this is oh. my um Sweet Caroline. Oh, good. I, that's a really good, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, okay, so I love that that's your drunk song. Do you have, like, a, like, a your car song? Like, when it comes on, you're just like, everyone shush, this one's on. Oof. I don't know that I have a like a song like that for the car. I mean, Betty Davis eyes would probably get me while I'm driving too. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking good. Yeah, mine is the um, uh, I'm totally blanking on the artist, but the "Shut Up and Dance with Me" that was popular like <laughs> three years oh, ago. That's you know, a great. That is a great song. It is "Walk the Moon." <gasps> yes, and then we start off. We're in the diner because Max yeah. is failing. Class. 
classics and needs to be tutored. <laughs> Are we supposed to take something out of the fact that she's failing classes? Like maybe the director or writer didn't want to be like, she's failing math because she's a girl. Like maybe they wanted to like maybe ma- make something a little bit more neutral. Or like maybe they're trying to be like, because she doesn't have any whimsy. She's very logical. So classics is what she struggles Ooh, with. But I'm like, I hope it was that. I hope it was that too, because I'm like, this is a stupidest subject to be failing <laughs> yeah i was like having an aneurysm with this guy chris trying to teach her mythology and i was just, she like, got it wrong so- like the first thing she got wrong and he was just like yeah you're so right i'm like stop trying to get some poontang and like correct the girl so she doesn't fail <laughs> it's because she's a virgin so she just like she just is giving off these pheromones that <laughs> but did you catch that he's like persephone and she's like oh um she ate pomegranate seeds and then hades kidnapped her i'm like that's not the order it happened in get the sequence of events mm. right it's important <clears throat> oh yeah and then he's like yeah and then he tells her not to look back and i'm like oh my god that's so much no that's no, not that's... persephone no that's orpheus and the liar like Okay, we got really off topic. Um, so we they're did. in the diner because Max is failing classics because <laughs> she apparently can't keep very simple, straightforward stories correct in her head. Right. <laughs> oh, and and then this guy Duncan comes in, who appears to be Max's best friend's stepbrother. <laughs> um, oh my god! I, I you... love that was. I think that was the moment where I was like, I I'm gonna love this movie. Is when he's sitting at the table and he's like, my sister's friend, and she's like stepsister, and he's like, why would you say that? That's so hurtful. I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna love this movie because this yes. is exactly my type of humor. <laughs> and normally Duncan for me would be just like so funny, but rewatching it this time, I was like, when he comes in and he's trying to convince Max to go to the movie of and on the anniversary of her mom's death. I was like, dude, read the room. Like, that is so offensive. Maybe I was taking it offensively, but. No, I I, I don't was... think I realized in prior watchings of this film that the movie, I thought it was just a weird coincidence that the movie was playing on the anniversary of her death. Mm-hmm. But they're playing the movie because it's the anniversary of her death. And yeah. I don't think I realized that before when I was watching it. So that is a dick move. Like, if it was just a. Like, I could write it off as just, he's kind of selfish and just, you know, whatever. Like, maybe he's not a bad person, but yeah, no, it is a dick move. Well, and especially because he's like, I can't wait to tell him that I got Amanda, I can't remember Max's last name, so-and-so's daughter to come. And it was like, yeah, yeah, thank you, Cartwright. I was just, dude, you're, that's so insensitive. Yeah. So fucking insensitive. I mean, it just goes to show that some people don't view celebrities as people. They view them as, like, products. And so, yeah. like, I think that it was generally, like, ignor- genuinely ignorance yeah. on his part, well, where it's like, Amanda point. Cartwright isn't a person. She's a product that we enjoy. And so mm. he wasn't thinking about it as, like, Max's mother. Fuck, that's so deep. I'm just sitting here like, you're a dick. I am Next. two glasses of wine in. This is where the philosophy <laughs> like- is. It is. I am just like, I need to rewatch this again already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my bachelor's degree is in philosophy. It's super useless, but it makes me fun at parties. It makes me fun at parties. <laughs> you guys want to see a parlor trick? I can make everybody sad by telling you life is nothing but suffering. You want me to tell you about how this cup is having an existential crisis? Let's go. <laughs> no, I just wanted to take a shot. Like- <laughs> 
All right, so movie theater. Um, you know, as we talked about in the summary, this is where they're going to be watching the film Freak Accident equal to uh, Final Destination style is going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but we're also introduced to, like, our other character, Chris's ex-girlfriend, Vicky, who's Nina Dobrev, who's just, the oh, my gosh, she's sexy beautiful. sexy Nina Dobrev. Oh, my oh, God. She is just she's flawless. everything. Oh, so, I just, my I question. Her. I like I, I fell in love with her. So I watched Vampire Diaries while it was airing. I have not rewatched it. I'm not saying <laughs> anything about the quality of the show, but I watched <laughs> it while it was airing and I fucking love her. I think she's so talented. I yeah, she I, I love her in this character too. Mm-hmm. Because she does a good job of like, oh, you're supposed to be the bitchy girl, but also there's underlying hurt friendship between her and Max. Um but that aside I kind of forgot that Chris and Vicky were like former former lovers. Mm. And so I okay, is Max breaking girl code? Okay. I'm going to answer this question with no because she and Vicky aren't friends at the moment mm. when she is trying to date Chris or like she's like Chris is actively pursuing her. She's kind of like mm, maybe but maybe not like she makes that yeah. joke with Gertie about how like he's too tall and she'll have to get a stool which <laughs> I feel like I also have that I'm only 5'2 and I sometimes have that moment too when girls are like that guy's too short I'm like but that guy like I can't even reach him what am I gonna do climb him like a tree like I don't <laughs> like a tree <laughs> Josh is 5'10 and that is the right height for my level of short <laughs> he like, still has to bend down just a little bit for just a, smooch, a little bit but... but like if i stand on my tiptoes i can get there like it's not <laughs> well like but i mean so i don't think she's breaking girl code because she and vicky aren't friends i think it's more offensive that she apparently just stopped hanging out with vicky with for no reason like yeah we learned later on the film that she and vicky used to be best friends and then max went mm. through something when her mom died which I've lost a parent. Like, I know how hard yeah. and how, like, fucking, like, stranded you can feel when you yeah. lose a parent. Um, uh. It's especially that young. Like, I was 29 when my father died. So, like, I yeah. I can't imagine losing him at what uh, she was probably, like, 15 when her mom died. Yeah. So, like, that's mm-hmm. – I can't imagine that. Um, but, like, at the same time, Vicky was apparently her best friend. She just decided to stop hanging out with Vicky and started hanging out with Gertie. And that's shitty. Like, yeah. if you just stopped hanging out with me and, like, suddenly, like, we're, like, this person's my best friend, I'd be, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, especially because when, when in the scene in the movie theater, she recognizes the significance of the, her mother's death. Yeah. You know, she's not insensitive to it. She's immediately, like, how are you? You know, right. like she's hurt that they're not friends. And so you're right. I kind of forgot that they had sort of lost that. I thought, because I remember her being in the movie. I was like, oh, she's just part of the group. And I was like, okay, Max, that's a little shitty. But you're right. They they weren't friends at the time. Um, and then we'll get to it. But I, I do love her, like, remorseful moment that comes up later in the film. Yeah, you know, in some ways, I feel like Vicky um, was a richer, like, more sympathetic character to me than even Max was. Like... Max's relationship with her mom is, like, incomparable. Like, that was so well done. But Vicky, as a standalone character, I had a lot more complicated feelings for and, like, Mm -hmm. stronger feelings for than Max as a standalone character. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, Vicky's death scene, which we'll talk more in depth about, broke my Mm -hmm. heart. 
Right? And even Gertie in there. Like, Gertie just has, like, so much more, like, pluck and personality. Mm-hmm. Whereas Max, you're right, it, her identity is the death of her mother. There's no chemistry in my mind between her and Chris. I mean, they try to yeah. make it, and I'm just kind of like, I mean, Ugh. I feel like the actor who plays Chris is one of those actors who can have chemistry with a brick wall. Like, I can, <laughs> I feel it a little bit, but I am like, I feel like that's all him and not so much Tysa Formiga, who I also yeah. think is a talented actress. I'm a fan. Oh, she's fucking yeah. phenomenal. Like, I love, I love her. her, but like, I, I like, I'm a fan, but like, I, I agree with you that I don't feel like she was giving as much to Chris as, or the act, I, I cannot remember that actor's name and I feel like a dick, but I feel like he was definitely doing more for their chemistry than she was. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and, and this sounds terrible. It must have just been the mood I was in. He did nothing for my lady parts. I was just like. Really? Mm, yeah. It kind of turned me on when he, like, threatened to beat up that dude because he was going to, uh, like, sleep with her. He's like, you're not going to touch any of the women in this camp. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love, dude, I love a dude is... with a feminist leaning. <laughs> I know. See, this is going to, like, this is my inner high school self coming out where I was like, Kurt's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. No. Bad. Bad. Maddie. <laughs> I can't help it. I just go back and I'm like, but he's like, he's a jerk, but he's kind of funny. This is like <laughs> giving me flashbacks to when I was in love with Dr. Threadson for different reasons. And you I gave me know. so much shit. You know what? This is this is something exactly which we will totally get into. Don't think that that has not escaped this podcast. <laughs> well, Zachary that Julie is in love with a serial killer and thinks she can change a him. A fictional, a fictional serial killer. A fictional serial oh, yeah. killer. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Did I forget to clarify that? <laughs> <laughs> the clarification matters. <laughs> From American Horror Story, the uh, asylum. asylum. Season, Season two, two Asylum. Dr. Threadson, yeah. a.k.a. Bloody Face, a.k.a. Zachary Quinto. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, it, for me, it's the douches. And yeah. there's there's something, something about, I think I also love the actor the actor a lot oh i love pitch perfect so i think i think like that kind of pushes through a little bit more it's just like you're so cute and funny oh my god in the blooper reel when he like when they cut and he's like was it too sexy (laughs) like i love that actor where he's like he goes did you do do you know this move girls you probably don't even know this move (laughs) i love him (laughs) so i think that's my problem is like is like (laughs) i steal too many cherries this is my tattoo from juvie (laughs) it's a cherry because i'm a cherry thief <laughs> but so I think it's like I'm in love with the actor who's playing that character, but I, I couldn't help it. I was like, I would, this would, I'm dead because okay. I would fall for Kurt. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, the movie theater <laughs> right. through a series of um unfortunate events, events, if you will. Yes. Like this dude lighting up his. Was it a joint or was it a hand rolled cigarette? I think it was a cigarette. Uh, yeah, he's lighting. It, it didn't look like because it didn't look like like Marlboro packaging, but he lights yeah. his cigarette or whatever it is. And then there are some dudes in the back who are drinking straight from a liquor bottle like alcoholics. Yep, like you or, do. Or I guess like college kids. I don't fucking know anymore. I'm 30. But they're <laughs> drinking. They're in the back and they're drinking from this bottle. And one of the dudes like drops the bottle and rolls away. They make no <laughs> effort to retrieve the bottle. <laughs> it's like all their alcohols. I just, I 
don't know. Maybe I'm the alcoholic because I have a moment where I'm like, you didn't even try to save it. Like, yeah, I know. It falls and you're just like, oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. I guess we don't have liquor anymore. Also, it's making a fucking mess. Like, do something. Accept responsibility for your actions. Ugh. Someone's got to clean that up. It's so sticky. It's so sticky. <laughs> um, but the ash from the cigarette mm-hmm. hits the liquor and lights the whole movie theater on fire. Hence, Jeanette's excellent reference to Final Destination. Yep. And then, so, okay. Then during the chaos, somehow a machete falls on the ground. So you can tell that this is, like, definitely filmed a long time ago because you don't bring weapons into movie theaters anymore. No fucking way would that end up in a movie. But I mean, it's Um, not like they're searching your bags. I know, but just, like, what the fuck is someone doing bringing a real machete here? Well, like, (laughs) I thought it was a toy at first, but then they used it to cut the screen, so... Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. And then, okay, and then with that, I'm sorry to, like, have one more, like, little bitch fit. So, one, how is there a exit behind the screen? Like, that... I don't fucking know. I don't understand. And then Max, like, like you said, takes the machete, cuts the screen so they're able to, like, slip through, and then that's how they magically end up in the movie. But she, like, looks back at all these people screaming and burning to death, says nothing, and is like, whoop, slip through the <laughs> screen. Okay. What a fucking bitch. <laughs> Like, this way, this way. Like, anything? No? Okay. All right. Fine. I, I agree with you about the machete. The machete thing is very weird. Um, the I'm almost a little sympathetic towards her, though, about the splitting the screen because people are being trampled to death because they can't exit. Why are the exits blocked? That's what I want to fucking know. Oh, like, yeah, Chris comes back and he says, to, uh, he says to Max, like, the exits are all blocked. Oh, shit. I don't even remember that. Fuck. Yeah. And, like... Why are the exits blocked? How did that happen? Mm. Um, But, like, I almost understand, like, people are trampling each other to death. She's like, we have to look for the exit. Like, we can't save anybody unless we save ourselves first. Yeah. But she goes through it and then turns around, looks at the scene, and then slips through. And I was just kind of like, you could have yelled, like, this way. And then, I don't know. But, like, was the exit, like, directly behind the screen? Or was it, like, we're going to go through the screen and then we're going to look for the exit on the other oh, side of the screen? I have no screen? idea. I don't know. I don't know enough about... I never worked at a movie theater, like, when Me I was neither. younger. I worked at a pizza place and and uh, puppy... Yeah, I've worked, like, fast food and retail, but I never worked yeah. at a movie theater. Yeah, retail. Yeah, food and retail. That's all I've done. Yeah. Skip the movie theater one, so I don't know what the sneaky layout is like. I don't know. I had a boyfriend that worked at the movie theater when we were really young, and he, like, got me a whole bunch of free tickets, and then he got fired for stealing too many free tickets. Well, as long as you got the tickets, sucks for him. (laughs) 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 Um, And then now we're, like, in the film. We're in Camp Bloodbath. We are finally watching a horror movie where the characters are hyper aware of the fact <laughs> that they are in a horror movie. Yes. Your what what's your friend again? Um uh Oh, it's my friend Tiffany. Chelsea from high school. Oh, Chelsea. Damn, I thought it was Tiffany. Yeah, Sorry. my friend <laughs> No, you were close. My friend Chelsea from high school was always like, Don't they know they're in a horror movie? <laughs> and now these characters do know they're in a horror movie. Yes. And it's not gonna help that much. Just a little bit. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
it's almost a time travel story because once they start Ooh. fucking with the timeline, they can't rely on what they know as much. Yes, and especially by Duncan dying first, you remove your person who would is like the biggest fan of the movie and would know right everything about point. it. Dang, yeah. Yeah. So Duncan dies after having that embarrassing scene where he's like, oh, this killer doesn't even know what to do with me. I'm going to take a selfie with him. And then he throws the machete and kills him. Yep. Well, he doesn't kill him, but he throws the machete and maims him. And we think maims he's dead. Him. Think he's dead. And then everybody runs away. Okay, granted, the killer is like, I mean, he throws the machete, so it's not clear how far away he is. But then they all just leave him and run away screaming. And he's not dead. Yeah. I would not like it if you left me and I was still alive, Julie. <laughs> they like, panicked. <laughs> like, let me yell, like, run, save yourself. And then, and then you can run. Like, <laughs> let me give you permission. <laughs> don't you run away to save your life without my permission? Yeah. Don't leave me so to die. Selfish. It'd be really hard, but, like, also, he wasn't really friends with any of them. Oh, that's true. He's just sort of, <laughs> like, the awkward tag-along. I think that's something that's kind of fun about this movie is that, except for Max and Gertie, none of these individuals are actually friends. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Like, they're just kind of people who know each other. Yeah, when I think back to it, I'm like a group of five best friends. And, and you're right. It's such a hodgepodge. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. Vicky and Chris are exes. Uh, Vicky mm-hmm. and Max are ex-friends. Max yeah. and Gertie are friends, but like Chris mm-hmm. is like trying to chase Max. Like he wants to date her. Like as far as we know, he's not friends with Gertie. And then Duncan right. is just Gertie's weird stepbrother who's not friends yeah. with any of them, n- including right. Gertie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we have like, I, and I thought I thought it was really beautiful. Like the scenes where Max realizes, like, wait, we're in the movie. That means my mom's here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they have a couple scenes just yeah. connecting, and I thought it was very sweet and touching. Those scenes and... are very heartbreaking. I know. Oh, you want to jump to the Bill Murphy, Billy Murphy backstory? Yeah, so very Camp Crystal Lake, except it's Camp Bluefinch. We get the <laughs> oh, Billy yeah. Murphy they... <laughs> backstory, which fucking breaks my heart. Like, this boy apparently gets bullied because he's really ugly. So mm-hmm. he gets bullied a whole bunch for it. He tries to hide in a porty potty because he's being so horrifically bullied. And then the camp counselors, not other kids. Right. The camp counselors who are there to take care of the children and protect them throw a bunch of firecrackers, I guess. Yeah. Like fireworks, yeah. whatever, in there. And, like, he gets horrifically burned. Yeah. What the So, like, fuck? I'm kind of team Billy Murphy little bit like i yeah. team hurt those who hurt you sorry um but like then having it be like now he comes after all the counselors i'm like okay well they didn't they didn't do what they did nancy would never throw a firecracker at a child hell no what the fuck yeah those other ass wads deserve to get it but yeah like i'm not losing any sleep over the the camp counselors who threw the firecracker getting killed like fuck you yeah, like the two who did it, but then it says he killed eight of them, one for every month he was in the hospital. And I was like, well, six of them didn't know. Yeah. That's not, that's not cool. I mean, but yeah. I and maybe the six that the did guy. other things. Yeah, we're not we, supposed like, to root for the bad guy. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll um, read and- whoever has the most sympathetic storyline. Ooh, I like it. I like it. And then, wait, here, wait. Were you were you ever a camp counselor? I had this moment where I thought you were. Yes, I was. Yes. I was a camp counselor the summer between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. Um, So it was a lot of fun. You would have been like the little hottie (laughs) batati. No, like, I mean, it wasn't section. Like, nobody had sex at the camp that I worked at because we were taking (laughs) care of children. No, but that's what I mean, though, is like you would have been like the gorgeous little girl that all the boys were just like, oh, my God, she's your counselor. Can I be in your group? (laughs) <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but like I we went and camped in the woods and we told ghost stories around a fire. I told them um urban legends. Some of the kids had never heard like the hook story, Ooh. like the hook oh, man shit. and stuff like that. So like I to- I traumatized children. It was great. Love it. Like, yes. Paid to I'm do like, it. Let me tell you about the urban legends from my youth. <laughs> like, <laughs> um I am a master of hide and go seek. We once Ooh. played like we once played an epic game of hide and go seek, um, where just throughout like the whole woods. Oh fun! And I got like a tarp, um, uh-huh. from like the camp shed, and uh-huh. I like crawled into like a ditch and just like put the tarp over me. It was a brown tarp, um, mm-hmm. and when I say a ditch, I mean like it was like kind of one of those ditches that had the the big circular thing, like a drainage thing. Oh no, that's where so it lives, Julie. I crawled no. into like the drainage pipe. Um, oh I guess God. you could say. And, no. like, I had the tarp over me, and I just, like, took a nap. <laughs> and, like, nobody found me for, like, two hours. Eventually, I just, like, woke up and crawled out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Nope, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> not hiding in anything. There's spiders in there. There's no, 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 no. Well, I was in a tarp. <laughs> no, that's, that's where spiders like to live, too. They're like, oh, oh this nice little thing. Keep me dry. Ugh. That's yeah. why you take the nap. So that, like, the spider, you don't notice the spiders. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> but, yeah. So then they, they do the flashback. It kind of, like, makes all the counselors freak out to realize, like, okay, shit, now we know Billy is actually coming for us. So... <laughs> right? So... I mean, I feel like they kind of, like, had an extreme reaction, though, because I'm like, do you have empirical proof that he's coming for you? No, you're just going to run screaming to your car? Okay, cool. Yeah, but they're also, they're trying to follow the rules of, like, trust your gut. It doesn't sound good. Get the fuck out. Sure. Okay, that's <laughs> a good point. Then, then, well, they do. <laughs> Kurt and Paula are in her car, taken off, and somehow... Duncan, who isn't dead, like, who walks out <laughs> right in front of the car. Aww. <laughs> and he gets smooshed. <laughs> yeah. And then Kurt and Paula crash. <laughs> Kurt gets thrown from the windshield and, like, very comically. Wear your seatbelt, kids. Yeah. Always wear your seatbelt. God damn. Oh, that would have been a good law. Well, well he's not <laughs> making it anyways. Um, <laughs> wouldn't have helped him. And then Paula's car explodes. So, like, in, like, 30 seconds, three people are dead. And Paula's death was significant, more significant than we're giving it credit for because... True. She was the final girl in the original Camp Bloodbath movie. So everybody was like, well, we're just going to stick to Paula and we're going to watch her and like she'll save us. Um, yes. So now they don't know Paula what they're going to do. Yeah. You yeah. need Paula to end the movie effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. they have to find a new final girl to save the I movie. I volunteer. And to save themselves. 
I want right. to fucking survive this movie. God damn. Vicky, Vicky volunteers herself and Chris is like, uh, 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 you're not a virgin. She's like, no, that doesn't count. I know. Let your imagination wander as you see fit. <laughs> 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 but they decide that Max is the only true virgin left. Mm-hmm. Along with her mom, technically. Because yeah, she but Nancy was... doesn't have the stuff, supposedly, to be a final girl, which I would right. argue that anybody can be a final girl, but whatever. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's something that can, like, come to you in the moment. You know, you, like, rise to the challenge. Oh, sure, because, I mean, especially when you look back at the older movies, like, newer final girls are made out of some some tough Mm. steel Mm -hmm. um but i think when you start to look back at like the 80s final girls and stuff they're they're normal girls who find the steel yeah Mm. Mm. i like that yeah Mm. so they decide that max is the final girl yeah and then max and nancy have like another like sweet mother-daughter moment and then they start Operation Booby Trap, which I was like, okay, we got some real, we got some real Harvard grads here. Operation Booby Trap, like Jesus. Oh my god, no, I fucking love it. Uh, so Josh made me watch Step Brothers the other day. Oh god, him and Aaron would just have the best. Dudes time fucking ever. love Step Brothers, and so like I've met so many dudes who are like, Step Brothers is my favorite movie. It's the funniest yep. movie ever made. So I was excited to watch it, and as I'm watching, I'm like, this is fucking dumb yep it's just it's not my type of humor i still feel this is my type of humor i think this movie is fucking hysterical (laughs) just like i just i like a good name you know and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh well it's chris whatever i'm gonna go operation (laughs) booby trap so whatever I like it. I, it's a little on the nose, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, so they come up with some cool stuff. And then this leads to that scene where um, I kind of forgot about it. But Vicky, um, who's Nina DeBrev, and she is uh, sharpening a spear, which I think she also does in the Vampire Diaries. I thought I read that there was like a little nod to her doing something like that in in the show. I mean, but... probably because stakes, vampires. I, I don't have an active memory. Is she a vampire in the Vampire Diaries? Ugh. Not for most of it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, exciting. No, no, trust me. That's one of those that's one of those shows, like, I'm sorry, if that's a spoiler for you, like, I don't know what you're holding out for. It's it's been available for some time. I haven't watched it, so I mean, titties. I it's on my list of shows I wanna like re binge. If you know, Love like it. I watched it while it was airing, but like there's yeah. a part of me that kinda wants to just like sit down and just like watch it in one week yeah because i remember i loved it when it was airing so i think that sounds amazing i just saw an ad that on amazon prime i think alias is available Mm. so that is going down very soon yes (laughs) gonna drag aaron into that little rabbit hole yeah but i really liked this scene because i felt like Vicky is supposed to be, as she identifies herself, the 80s mean girl. She's not going to last much longer, but she kind of make amends. And I believe her. Like, yeah. I, what I, I also really it. like about this scene is that Gertie also admits that she was a bitch. Oh, yeah, so it's that's like, right. <laughs> there is really no 80s mean girl in this movie because yeah. kind of both I mean, not so much Max. Matt, we we don't know what Max has done or not right. done. But like Vicky and Gertie are both like were terrible to each other. 
Yeah. So, like, we're just targeting Vicky because she is objectively, like, Gertie's very attractive, but Vicky's mm-hmm. objectively, like, hotter than Gertie. Yeah. And yeah. she's apparently going to all Ivy League schools because oh, yeah. Stanford and Cornell are her safety schools. <laughs> yeah, that's which... right. <laughs> I just, that's like a stupid background show I've been watching, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Ooh. <laughs> and, like, she, like, the main character of that show went to Harvard, and she was making fun of somebody for going to Cornell, and she's like, <laughs> you might as well just go to community college. Like, oh, my God. I just, whenever Cornell comes up, I just think of Andy from The Office. Like, yes. oh, no, should I go to Cornell? Oh, did you Cornell? go to Cornell? Like, is that where you went? Like, fucking Cornell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's um the lowest of the ivies according to crazy ex-girlfriend gotcha okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then max and nancy have another moment where nancy gives her daughter well she doesn't know max is her daughter but gives her a friendship bracelet which Which i just i like that those were interwoven just these like special times that Max is able to kind of steal away. Yeah. And I like the f- use of the friendship bracelets because that was a big thing when I was a camp counselor, too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so ready for your favorite scene. <laughs> so, I don't know why yes. this is my favorite scene. I think one of the things I enjoy the most about this movie are them, like, going through the motions of an actual horror scene, but they're all, like, aware of it, like, that that fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Like, they're all aware that they're doing it. And so, mm-hmm. like, the scene is just, like, kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the best examples of that is when Tina is doing her strip tease <laughs> in order to, like, summon the slasher to them. Like, they want yes. Billy to come to them. So she does the most awkward strip tease. <laughs> but it's also, like, very aggressive because she, like, took a bunch of, um, of Vicky's Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. <laughs> Which are actually Adderall. Yeah. And we don't know how many she took, but she was like a hyper squirrel, as Nettie said. That's what she looked like. She, she like... looked like the actress did such a good job here. Oh my God. She's oh. so funny. <laughs> and they and like so stuck her in oven mitts and a life jacket so she couldn't like take her clothes off prematurely. Because like... <laughs> <laughs> she can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> Like, at the beginning of the movie when Nancy's like, sex is fine. Tina's had sex twice today already. And she's, like, grinding up on Chris. Chris, She's just, like, a sex machine now. I know. And he's just, like, looking awkwardly like, help, I need an adult. (laughs) (laughs) So she finally, like, takes And she, like, unwraps a duct tape with her teeth. Yeah. (laughs) And she's just, like gyrating and jerking and throwing things like a like hard like she wants to hurt this clothing that she is yes. off. like she is gonna do injury to this clothing yes and she like it's like the most unsexy yet aggressive striptease i've ever seen it's fucking great oh my god and it works it works it worked until she fell into a bear trap that they laid out for billy yeah head first bear traps are scary yo mush yeah i don't i don't like them in any sense whenever i see them in a movie i'm like ah ah no clamping on the foot ah yeah but but yeah she she dies pretty quickly 
And then, but they are able to, like, use their booby traps and they get Billy, like, pushed back onto the antler rack and it, like, stabs him. And then that's when Gertie and Blake have, like, a super cute little smooch. She's like, screw it. You know, we're kissing. Um, And then Blake is walking downstairs from the second floor to go get the machete. And then, surprise, surprise, Billy's not dead, so he guts him. But, like, wasn't Chris just standing by the door? Why is it Blake's job to walk really slowly from the farthest point in the room to grab the machete? Because Blake was supposed to die before Chris. Oh, that's true. It No, I mean, it's writer logic, though. It's not logic logic. And that's there are little things like that in this movie where I'm like, you lose some points for me because even mm. though this is a comedy, this doesn't make sense. Right, right. Just like have have some respect that I'm I'm enjoying this, so don't don't go lazy on me or or right. have gaps that don't make sense. Yeah. And then we have the other scene with Gertie and Vicky. Yeah, mm. where they get upstairs and like the bookcase falls on Gertie and Vicky. And that apparently everybody knows archery, which was interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With flaming tampons. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no but one get... knew to shoot in the head. Hello. Right. God. But they get pinned under the bookcase and Vicky's like, is Gertie unconscious at that point? No. Is she dead? Oh, wait. Sorry. Wait, at what point? When they get pinned under the bookcase. No, she's alive because then he stabs her through the bookcase. Okay, that's what I thought. Like, when Vicky, yeah. and Vicky's like, go on without us. Gertie's not saying anything. So, Ger- Vicky's clearly the better friend. Just throwing yeah, no, it out G- there. Gertie's definitely dying because Vicky, like, grabs her hand and kind of is like, like, we're together. And then pulls the bucket of fuel? Gasoline? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Vicky which uses causes... her dying breath to yep. try to kill this guy. Yep. Oh, fucking badass. Yeah, Vicky's that's some final girl shit when that you're not is. the final girl. Yep, that is. To sacrifice yourself like that for your friends and yeah. not even really your friends, your former mm. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so like, <laughs> then we have the slow motion scene where everybody about is this. very aware that they're in slow motion, which I had forgotten about, but it's a great scene. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> We're in slow motion. <laughs> um, and Billy jumps out of the burning building like fucking Jason Voorhees. Yep. And Frick. like, yep, yep. Just yeah. So they run from him, still in slow motion, which is very <laughs> hard to watch. Oh yeah, it's it's a little agonizing. Yeah. <laughs> just go. It's like in a dream. Have you ever had that in a dream where you're not able to move fast enough? Yeah. Oh, that's what it makes me think of. You it's know what like... frequently happens to me in panic dreams where I'm like trying, <laughs> like I've tried to call 911 in so many dreams and like my Ooh. fingers fumble over the numbers. Oh, I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. My recurring stress dreams are always like I'm in school And I haven't been to class, like, all semester. Or I don't know where any of my classes are. Or I don't know my schedule. 
that's like my that's, reoccurring dream that's hysterical <laughs> because who the fuck cares if you go to class in college <laughs> i know but i'm like so worried i'm like oh no i missed the first week of class should i just give up oh no where's my yeah. schedule i don't know what time my class is it's like reoccurring it's ridiculous <laughs> but yeah so that but then then they managed to like take Billy back into a flashback, which was kind of cool. They've sort of figured out a little bit about the power they have within this film. Uh, and then in doing so, Billy comes back with them, accidentally gets hit by a car, and they're able to grab his machete, which they believe they need because once Billy is killed by the final girl with his own machete, the film will end. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris, the, the, Chris gets injured, and then... Like, doesn't want to die alone. But He's, like, he Billy... literally says to Max, I don't, don't leave me. I don't want to die alone. She's like, you're not going to die. I'm like, how can you know that? I know. I was like, you're going to And then she just leaves bad. him anyway for like a super <laughs> long time. <laughs> um, but then like, Billy kidnaps Nancy. Doesn't make any was, sense. That was weird. I, yeah. Do, yeah. It literally doesn't make any sense that he would kidnap a character at this stage. Yeah. and it's This just, is where it, does, it loses a point for me. I agree. It also just does stuff, too, where, like, all of a sudden, like, ah, Chris is stabbed, and then we turn around, and there's Billy walking in the distance, pulling Nancy away, and it's like, oh, okay. What? Yeah. Mm. But and Max maybe that's all part of the parody, because, like, they're like, oh, he's a slasher, and, like, he can do things that you can't understand. Like, he doesn't have to run to catch you, like how Jason Voorhees is always walking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, like, maybe that's what it is? I don't know, but, like, it just didn't. It lost yeah. me a little bit there. It, it, me too. It just is, oh, boy. Oh, sorry. It just gets a little, like, jolty and meh. But then Max gets to save her mommy. Which is sweet, but, Yeah. She was trying to save her the whole time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she's like, yeah, she's not going to sit and wait for Chris. She's going to be a fucking badass and go save her mom. I mean, Chris is actively dying and she left him. So (laughs) she can't wait for him. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) But she gets injured herself trying to save Nancy. Of Um, course she does. Of course she does. And like, she's like, oh no, Nancy, you have to be the final girl because I'm dying. And Nancy's like, no, I'm not a final girl. I'm the girl with the guitar. Yeah. And then that's yeah. when Max tells her, like, no, you're really, like, an actress who did this, and you're my mom. And I cry. I cry every yeah. time. That's a lot. And, like, visually, that scene where Nancy sacrifices herself is so beautiful. <gasps> it's so beautiful. Like, you it have is... the thunderstorm overhead. She's singing, um... Betty Davis Eyes. Yeah, she's singing Betty Davis Eyes to Max. And, like... She's just, like, slowly stripping off her clothes just to, like, summon him. So it's funny, but mostly heartbreaking. Right. And the thing that, like, really just, like, gets me, she she turns and she sees that it's working and that Billy's coming, and then she doesn't turn her back to Max again. Like, she is looking at Max. I would not have the courage. Like, Max actually closes her eyes when Billy Mm -hmm. kills Nancy, and she, like, She's like, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. And I just like, it's so beautiful. It was very much a mother's love. Yes. That's what it was. The way that a mother loves you. Yeah. And I think that's part of what made it so beautiful. And in a lot of ways, this entire movie is just Max working through her love for her mother and her grief over her death. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, and then but then Max, we have then Max like becomes the final girl, like with final girl superpowers. Superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought she wasn't that fights. injured. And then it's like swoop. <laughs> She's like fucking whoever from the Neo from the Matrix. And oh like, yeah. She slides under the machete as it's flying through the air and she kills him. Yeah. It's a great fight scene. Honestly, like, parody aside, it's so much fun to watch. I know. She's badass. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. They wake up in the hospital, and they have this um, was everything real moment, and everybody agrees that everything was real, which is fun. Yeah. But then the movie ends even more fun. Do you want to tell everybody how the movie ends? Oh, yes. So then all of a sudden, they're, like, peeking out of the hospital room because they're all there together. And, like, they notice that there's, what is it? It's, like, a fucking Furby or is it a is it a gremlin? It's a fucking Furby because I fucking hate Furbies. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> it's a fucking Furby and Tab Soda and a Rubik's Cube. And then all of a sudden, they realize they're in the sequel. And <laughs> Billy comes crashing through the hospital doors and... Uh, Max grabs her like blood bag roly something or other. Because <laughs> she's gonna fight him with it because she's, she's a final girl now. Gonna fight she's him. She's fucking yeah. Sydney Prescott. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then boom, film ends. But then they <laughs> put in blooper reels, which is. I love that. More movies need to do blooper reels just like right when the movie's over. Oh my God. It just, it helps reward you. Like it helps calm you down from it. And these are so funny. Yeah. They're great ones. You can just tell the actors had a lot of fun filming this movie. Exactly. And, and that, yeah, the actor who played Kurt, like you mentioned, what, what was the scene that he's in, um, at the end, like they almost show him in the hospital as well. Yes. And he's like talking to a hot nurse and he's like, I've broken every bone in my body except for one. And he's like, this one, my arm, my penis is severely broken in several places. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so actually just a little, fun, little funny film fact about that one. It's actually, um, it wasn't necessarily a blooper because it really was a scene from an alternate ending where Kurt also makes it like he survives and Duncan says, Oh, the studio like must have liked his character so much. So that's why they brought him back for the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was really good. I can only imagine the amount of ad lib that those guys all did together. And they'll imagine though. So you like have this accidental thing where you cut through a screen, you end up in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Insane. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yep uh also my dream come true but um, <laughs> yep <laughs> like then imagine you have to live the rest of your life just like going through all the sequels oh my god like that's your life now oh yeah that would be rough that would be rough because <gasps> there's a lot of them <laughs> and we have no reason to think that these characters are all going home that there's any that's, way for them to go home that's true shit yeah Oh, so what's the law that you would you would enact from this film? Remember the rules, but don't be afraid to break them. Oh, that's so good for the last episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's way better than mine. Um, mine is not quite as eloquent. Mine, because I'm such a sucker for this mother daughter thing, was say I love you to the people who matter. 
Oh. I know it's cheese balls, but oh, I just couldn't help real. it. This one just, like, it just gets me when Max tells her mom, like, I love you. And she's like, that's what I didn't get to say. And I'm like. <laughs> oh. That's just, a lot. Just where I live. Oh. <laughs> this was such a good season finale episode. It really episode. was. This Movie. was a great choice. Oh. Just the two of us together, I'm telling you. We're magic. <laughs> You ready so for some, some film, film facts? facts for me? Yeah, I do. They're not super juicy, but I think they're kind of interesting. Uh, okay, so I have 11 of them. Okay, so I'm so glad this was your favorite scene. So the dance sequence by Tina was completely improvised. Like the choreography was completely improvised? Like, Yep, she just, that whole striptease. They were just like, just do what you want. Yep, she just did it. She like chugged a Red Bull and was like, I got this. <laughs> just like that <laughs> um and oh yeah this one okay so the film was conceived and co-written by joshua john miller as a way of dealing with the death of his dad jason miller who played father Karras in the 1973 exorcist shut up i didn't know that oh that's insane i didn't I know. know that i know oh Okay, this one, this one, uh, oh yeah, I'm so glad this one. Okay, number three. The film was originally optioned by New Line Cinema, who wanted to eliminate all of the deep character moments and the mother-daughter plot. Fuck you. So, the movie would be what? Just a bunch of characters end up in a horror movie? That, and then just a horror movie. I don't even fucking know. So, Sony and So, like a pre- poor man's cabin in the woods. I think so. Maybe. I, I, Maybe. I don't know. To me, the mother-daughter plot is, like, what showed you that you can have some... There's an art to this. And I think they do a beautiful job with that well, storyline. I feel like that is the movie. Like, the movie right. is about Max's grief over the death of her mother. Yeah. And yeah. everything else is just, like, what that revolves around. Yeah. So I'm really glad that that did not happen. Sony ended up producing it, but they did tone down the slasher movie component to get the PG-13 rating. So mm. I think I would have liked the R rating. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the number four, the revelation that Gertie... Um, lost her virginity and slept with an autistic guy was scripted in a very mean-spirited way and the actress i believe it's Aaliyah shocket i'm not sure how to pronounce her last name um had a real problem with it so she decided to come up with her own dialogue and then the writers and director have praised her in regard to her instinct for that scene to to trust her gut so i i love that i love that she knew enough to say what you, whatever it was that they originally had put in here is not appropriate. Like it was something, it was something very insulting to autistic people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause okay, instead I Gertie see. stands up and says, yeah, he was autistic, but he's also, ro- he was very romantic. Ah, uh, like, I mean, which is also like kind of insulting too. Like why was his <laughs> autism even brought up? But anyway, I see, I mean see what you're saying. She does. A- mean girl Vicky brings it up. Yeah, I don't know why they even had to put that in, but I'm glad it wasn't. Apparently, it was worse. If they apparently it was worse, and I'm glad that they fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the original version of the script, Billy Murphy was named Hatchet Face. (laughs) Just like makes me think of somebody with really bad acne. 
I'm sorry. Like, hatchet face? Yeah. Just like. Huh. As if you have like a bunch of marks on your face or something. Oh. I don't know. It didn't do it It just it sounds for me. stupid to me. um all right number six the characters were modeled after favorite actresses from other horror movies shocker so um for example tina is after linda from halloween uh nancy Mm. is after Ginny from friday the 13th part two and then nancy and tina were both named for Nancy Thompson and Christina Gray from A Nightmare on Elm Street. And then um, there was also uh, a character based on Morgan from The House on Sorority Row. I think that might have been Vicky. I ah. forgot to say which character. Whoops. Um, <laughs> number seven, uh, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes was almost Madonna's Like a Prayer. But no. she specifically does not license that song they did reach out to her and ask and then it was almost belinda carlisle's heaven is a place on earth i'm so glad they went with betty davis eyes me too i can't picture any other way i can't it's perfect it's perfect Uh, exactly yeah oh now that i know the actors and their names because i I did this before I remembered to watch the movie. Ugh. So Adam Devine, Devine, who plays Kurt, and Chloe Bridges, who plays Paula, actually began dating after meeting on the set of the film. Ha, gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just kind of like, really? You were charmed? Okay, I shouldn't judge. She was charmed by it, so was I. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I bet nine. he's so funny, though. I bet that like he's one of those people that you hang out with and you just can listen to him talk. Right? Oh my gosh, it'd be so much fun. Number nine, Paul Feig read the script and expressed an interest in directing the film. And you should know him if you watch The Office or if you listen to The Office Ladies podcast. He's referenced a lot. He also directed Bridesmaids, The Heat, and the uh, 2016 Ghostbusters, um, A Simple Favor. The Heat is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. I remember us watching it together and you put it on and we were supposed to, it was supposed to be background because I was like the only one. Yeah. (laughs) And then like we were supposed to go to dinner or something and I was like, no, we must stay and finish this movie. Yep. (laughs) It's definitely in my top five of all time. Oh my God. Yeah. You're covered in nuts. You're having a bad dream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Focusing. Focusing. Okay. Uh, Last two. Number 10. Um, when Duncan tells the movie characters that the outside world characters are camp counselors, um, in the very beginning to, to hitchhike to the camp, they enter the van in the exact order that they die. Max and Chris look at each other and are seen getting into the van in the next, um, are seen inside the van, but you never actually watch them getting in. And supposedly that is supposed to be an indicator that they are going to survive. Um, and then ultimately they didn't want to disconnect from the fact that Max is focused on her mom and, and Chris hasn't seen the movie. So we're not quite as worried what they do. Yeah. Number 11, last one, is just an alternate ending-ish. 
So as referenced before with the blooper reel, Kurt in one of the endings makes it. Um, The original ending featured Max and Chris waking up in the hospital as the only survivors. And it was deemed too much of a downer by their test audience. So the director shot a new ending in which the friends survived too. um, And both endings ended up testing poorly. So the scene that they used is actually just kind of a cut up of both of them where it's it's just her and Chris, but then it's one where they're all together and they just kind of piece those together. I'm going to be honest with the like vibe of this movie um, being so lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have been very bummed if the movie had ended and they had really been the only survivors. Good. Yes. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So ta-da, that's all I got. Do you want to hear about the history of the final girl? I am so excited because you're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I even put in the outline, which I never do. <laughs> I know. When you Snapchatted me that you were like, you were like deep. You were reading like scholarly articles. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read some facts off IMDB and fucking <laughs> other, other, you know, B sources here. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got very into it. <laughs> um, so the term final girl was coined by Carol J. Clover in a 1987 University of California thesis entitled Her Body, Himself, Gender in the Slasher Film. Ooh. So I actually didn't, the thesis is, it's probably normal thesis length, but I didn't find it until this afternoon, so I didn't end up being able to read all of it, which Mm -hmm. is a bummer because it seemed very well written and really good. Like, I want to have a beer with Carol Clover and not just because she has the best name. (laughs) <laughs> I love, right? Oh my gosh. Her name is great, but she's got amazing like turns of phrases and like she's just a really good writer and she had some very unique thoughts. They might not seem that unique now because she wrote this in 1987 and we're in 2020 now. So like there are mm-hmm. definitely some things that she says where I'm like, this feels obvious, but I kept trying to remind myself like she coined the term final girl. Like oh. we talk all the time about OGs in the like, mm-hmm. where was the OG? Who started this? She was the first one to look at all these different slasher movies and find this pattern. Oh, that is so amazing. It's so cool. Um, but she doesn't, she doesn't miss the opportunity to get in some like digs there. She talked about some books that have been written on horror movies. Uh-huh. And I was kind of trying, I started to like make notes. I'm like, oh man, if she liked these books, I'm going to read them. But she like said these like very snidely rude things about all of them. <laughs> and I just remember there was this one, it was called like out of the shower. And I remember cause I'm like, oh, that's a great title for a slasher, like yeah. scholarly book. But then she wrote that it was immaculately unintelligent. <laughs> Damn. Someone needs some ice for that burn. <laughs> she did also, though, frequently refer to horror movies as meat movies, which was so gross. <laughs> but she's not wrong, but ugh. she's not wrong. <laughs> She also, before I even get into this, I'm, I swear I'm going to talk about the final girls, but I just want to talk about some of her other points before I do. Um, she describes slasher films as drenched in taboo and encroaching vigorously on the pornographic. Ooh. And she God, spends a great deal good. of time um, comparing horror movies to pornography, like she just did in yep. that quote. Um, yep. And she made an interesting point that they are the only two film genres devoted entirely to the arousal of bodily sensation. Ooh, 
That's really interesting. Yeah, they exist solely to horrify and stimulate, and their ability to do so is the sole measure of their success. Wow. Mm -hmm. I remember one time as a little kid catching some type of, like, I don't even know what it was, but it was talking about that the reason there's sex in horror movies a lot of the time is because they want to take you out of your comfort zone. And that's something that's, like, really stuck with me is, like, they are purposely trying to make you feel something that is either, like, shameful or naughty or dirty or... Yeah, it's like when horror movies just have shots of maggots and things like that. It's like they're just trying to like get you to that edge so they can Mm -hmm. push you over. Yeah, yeah. Um, She also, though, like kind of identifies the history of the slasher film. And I just I'm mostly bringing this up to be like you and I were right when we talked Mm -hmm. about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. We discussed like how the first kind of slasher film is Hitchcock's Psycho. And that's what she wrote in her paper as well. Um, And that she then wrote that what turns out on its head is the 1974 film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, followed quickly by the 1978 film, Halloween. So she wrote that it was the introduction of, this is not a direct quote, but it was the Mm -hmm. introduction of the final girl that actually altered the psycho formula. Psycho had a detective plot that revolved around a revelation. But modern slasher films are hero plots that revolve around main characters struggle with an eventual triumph over evil. Oh. So like the only thing that really makes slasher modern day slasher films different than like hero epic tales Mm -hmm. is that the heroes of the slasher films are female. Hmm. So she specifically wrote about the final girl when she's coining this term, um, that the final girl is the survivor. She mm-hmm. is the one who encounters the mutilated bodies of her friends and perceives the full extent of the preceding horror and of her own peril, who is chased, cornered, wounded, whom we see scream, stagger, fall, rise, and scream again. She is abject terror personified. If her friends knew they were about to die only seconds before the event, The final girl lives with the knowledge for long minutes or hours. She alone looks death in the face, but she alone also finds the strength either to stay the killer long enough to be rescued or to kill him herself. She is inevitably female. (sighs) Mm -hmm. I want to be in her fan club so bad. (laughs) I mean, and I I just want to be fully transparent about this. This is a gender, a paper about gender roles that was written in 1987. So there are problematic things in this paper. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that she views gender is definitely a little differently than we would view it in 2020. But Mm -hmm. I do still think that for 1987, this paper is very progressive. Yeah. And I found a lot of value in it. Um, She also charts the history at this point in time of the survivor Mm -hmm. slash final girl. And she makes an interesting observation that final girls have become more fierce as time has gone on. Ooh, I like so it. we talk about Marion and Psycho, who's not really a final girl. She's just the character that Psycho targets. And she's yeah. not a final girl at all. Like, she doesn't do anything to save herself. She ends up dying. Her yeah. sister Lila shows up later. But Lila's mm-hmm. not a flesh out character mm-hmm. at all. So there's really no final girl in Psycho. We just have the slasher. Mm-hmm. And the slasher is kind of like degendered in Psycho yeah. because he's like half, he's half his mother. Right. While also being half Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like the impotent male, which we mm. see in slasher films are impotent males. 
but the final girl has really transformed in a really positive way. So we go from Marion slash Lila to Sally and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Now, Sally had kind of a passive defense. She would right. run, but she didn't really fight for her life. But she right. would, she ran the shit out of those poor feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, she was um, she was technically rescued. And yeah. left Leatherface to, like, do his little chainsaw dance. But she just, yeah. like, jumped in the back of that pickup and drove away. And she had the great scene where she's laughing, which I love that yeah. scene. Um, but at the end of the day, she was rescued. Mm-hmm. But you compare that to Halloween, um, which only <sighs> came out a few years later. And the final girl there, Lori. Now, yes. Lori is also rescued at the end of Halloween. Um, the Some dude, is it the doctor, bursts in and, like, shoots yeah. Michael Myers at the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Lori fucking fights. Her defense is far more defensive. It's not passive. Like, Mm -mm. she stabs him in the eye at the one point. Like, she is actively fighting for her life. Yeah. And then we jump up into the 80s where we have, like, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. And Nancy, like, she lays traps for Freddy. And at one point in the film, she actually, like, directly rushes him in an attack. Oh, yeah. Like, a headlong attack. So, I mean, the final girl is definitely, like, like I was saying... We went from girls who, like, find their seal to modern-day final girls already have their seal. Because mm. after, even after this paper was written, we got Sydney Prescott. <gasps> yes. Who is, I think we can all agree, is the epitome of the final girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. So another point that Clover makes in this um, paper is that the slasher in these films is often an impotent male, like I said, mm-hmm. who's been desexualized in some way. Mm-hmm. And as they're being desexualized, like whether it's um, Norman Bates, who's like half his mother, or mm-hmm. we have Leatherface, who is clearly just kind of like impotent. Yeah. Um, they use these phallic weapons oh. to target these beautiful women. Uh-huh. And then we juxtapose them with the final girl, who is almost genderless. She isn't sexual or hyperly feminine. And she carries many traits that would be traditionally called masculine. Uh And at the end of the day, she, like, overpowers this impotent male to, like, stand, Uh like, supreme. Dang. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang. And, like, like that point about, like, using their phallic weapons, because if they are desexualized and that is how they, for lack of a better word, are able to penetrate or, or... that is their sex is is through killing and stabbing and using that weapon oh my god i'm so glad you said that is exactly a point that she makes is that you very you almost never see anybody getting raped in a slasher film thank god exactly because for them the act of violence replaces that sexual need yeah and she talks a lot about we haven't discussed this movie in the podcast so i was kind of Uh hesitant to talk about it too much but in the texas chainsaw massacre 2 um there is a highly sexualized scene with the final girl in that movie whose name is Stretch. Oh, uh-huh. her nickname is Stretch. Uh-huh. Where Leatherface is, like, rubbing her genitals <gasps> oh, with no. his weapon. And he, like, clearly, like, orgasms as he's rubbing her with this weapon. Ew. It's a highly sexually violent scene. <sighs> but at the end of the day, she overcomes him. Yeah. She conquers this impotent male who's trying to overpower her. Fuck. And that's really powerful. Yeah. Damn. So I do kind of want to end on a final quote. Just a general quote from Clover. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. What makes horror crucial enough to pass along 
is what has made ghost stories and fairy tales crucial enough to pass along. It's engagement of repressed fears and desires, and it's reenactment of the residual conflicts surrounding those feelings. <sighs> I just really liked that quote. That's so, so good. That's so good. Oh, this woman's my hero. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I know. I love her too. Like, like I, I don't want to ignore the fact that this was anything written about gender in the 1980s is going to have yep. problems. Definitely. But I feel like she was very progressive for her time. And I, I found a lot of value in this article and she coined the term final girls. Like she's yes. the one who said it first. So that's cool. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Woohoo. Greetings and welcome. You want to play some games? Yeah, final games of this season. <laughs> All right, do you want to go first? Yeah, we'll start with my would you rather since you have a whole bunch of fun games. I know, um, I actually, I was inspired this time around. Sometimes I'm like, fuck, I can't think of anything. <laughs> so would you rather be in a horror movie and not know it or be in a horror movie and be completely aware of it? Oh, the final girls. <laughs> Ooh. Damn, that's good. I'm going to go with be aware of it. Yeah. I think Is that be... so you can then, like, take yeah, steps it's... to protect yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably still not surviving, but at least I've got a few more tools, and it would be really cool to have some, like, thinking outside the box, the way they use the flashback scene and stuff like that to to your advantage. I think I'd rather not know, because the anxiety <laughs> that would come with knowing would be mm -hmm. so strong that Ooh, I would almost true. want rather just like rely on my instincts. Oh, that's really, that's a really good point. Especially since it's like, like you said, I'm probably not surviving anyway. Frick. Okay. So like maybe well, I don't want to know. Yeah. Okay. So then following up on that, I'm going to jump out of order of my games. If you had to be stuck in and live through a horror movie, so you get to pick, you are like, you got to go through the screen. What movie are you watching in order to jump in? Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, if I have to do it, I'm going to want it to be a movie that I know really, really well. Uh-huh. So let me try to think of a horror movie that I've watched. Um, it's going to have to be The Last Exorcism. Ooh. Because I just know that movie so well that I feel nice. like I could predict what's going to happen much better to save myself. Nice. I really mm -hmm. like that. I kind of cheated. Um, and my, my answer is not a horror movie, but I, I think it's fucking scary. It's still on my top five list. But I put Coraline. Like, I want to be in an animated Aww. horror movie. Like, I want to be in something like that where there's, like, That movie's too scary. It's I don't want to be in that movie. It's fucking scary. The lady turns into, like, a spider beetle. But nice! Ah! <laughs> but I just, I don't know what it was today. I was just like, I want to be in a magical, colorful, but, like, scary fucking world. And Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love me some macabre whimsy. Ooh, yes. Ooh, yes. I live for that shit. Oh, good way to say that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I have this new game, and it may be dumb, and I'll try to play it more if I find film facts that work with this. So it's called Yay or Nay, and the idea is that there are some film facts that I've stumbled across that I sometimes just make it into the film facts that say things like, oh, the, the director was going to do it this way and instead did it this way. And I'm curious to know, like, if you think the way they did it, like, yeah, that would have been better to keep in. I wish they had. Or nay, I'm glad it was nixed. 
I'm um, excited for this game. So, yeah. So, so like, the fake example that I gave was, like, did you know Freddy Krueger was originally going to be named Simon? Good or bad? And you could be like, uh, yeah, no, nay. So glad they didn't like, do that. Garbage. But yeah, that's not yeah. true, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not true at all. Totally fake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is, I just have a couple, and I hope to find better ones as we go on. Okay, so I have five for the final girls. Mm. In an early draft of the script, number one, Max was actually suicidal following the death of her mother, and an, and the film opened up with an attempt to hang herself, being interrupted by a phone call from Gertie. Wish it had been in the film, or glad it's not. This is a hard one. I know. Um, I'm going to say nay because it would have completely changed the vibe of the film. However, like say that we're going for that R rating you were saying you wanted. If this was a darker film, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been a perfectly valid storytelling technique. But Ooh, I'm that's going a really for good point. with the film that we saw. I'm going to say nay. Okay, I, I think I agree with you. I think you're right. There is something that could be done about this to really emphasize her sorrow, but but something like that, I think just you're right, wouldn't wouldn't really fit the feel of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the way you yeah. answered it better than mine. <laughs> Copy paste Julie's answer here. Okay. <laughs> I just repeat um, my answer twice. <laughs> um, number two, uh, originally, I don't know if this is that significant but originally the trailer for camp bloodbath was not intended to be seen until all the kids were in the diner um so the test audience had trouble distinguishing the movie's tone from the early scenes so it was moved to the very beginning did you like that the movie opened with the trailer or what would you have thought if it like appeared close to the beginning but wasn't your first thing I'm going to say yay to it opening right away because I agree. It sets the tone. Mm-hmm. I am going to say I thought it was kind of weird that Max was just like sitting in the car watching this old trailer for this yeah. movie that her mom hates. Yeah. That was a little odd to me. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but I am going to say that I think it served a good storytelling purpose to set the tone. God damn, I want to copy paste your answer again. <laughs> I, I agree with you because when they when she picks up her mom's headshot at one point and is looking at it, there's all these films on the back. So like there's other stuff she could be watching. I'm surprised that that's the one she is playing on her phone. But Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's maybe her mom's biggest role. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's the one that everyone recognizes her from. Maybe the thing that would have made more sense is if it had opened and she'd been sitting in the car, her mom had come back out, got in the car and been like, oh, they wanted to only talk about Camp Bloodbath. And then they had watched the trailer together because she's like, you never want to talk about blood- Camp Bloodbath. Like, what's it even about? Mm. And then like that might have been like a more cohesive storytelling. I like but... that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm excited for your thoughts on this one. Number three. In the original script... The group began to undergo physical and psychological transformations after they entered the film. So the girls' waistlines would have shrunk, their breasts would have ballooned, and Gertie was so enamored by her newfound beauty that she tried to sabotage her friends to ensure they could never leave. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what New Line Cinema thought was going to happen with the film. You know what? Yay I, I, I'm gonna say yay. I feel like I would watch that movie. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, do, I do too. It wouldn't 
especially with the really bad CG that they were doing. Right. But that's I was just thinking, funny. I don't know how they pull it off. Oh my god, yeah. No, but that was fucking funny. Like the and yeah. especially I do like the concept of and Max doesn't do it. Max is trying to get her mom out, but somebody like Gertie, I don't like that she's enamored with her beauty. Maybe they could come up with something slightly better for that, but that she doesn't want to leave. That this is yeah. somehow better than her reality. That's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. Okay. Mm, uh, number four. I think this one's going to be a universal agreed upon. The original edit of the slow motion sequence had an additional three minutes to it. <laughs> and the director oh. wanted to keep it that way, but met resistance from practically everyone and was forced to make it shorter. I'm going to say nay to keeping in an extra three minutes. Good God, right? Slow motion. <laughs> That scene was already, like, really painful. Like, I like the scene, but it's it's really hard to watch. Yeah. So. Could you imagine? Three more minutes? No. No. No, no. That's so long. That's so long to watch slow motion. I agree. (laughs) Um, Too much of a good thing. It's funny at first, but three more minutes of it wouldn't have been funny anymore. Ooh, that's a really good point. Too much of a good thing. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Last one, number five. In the original script. Nancy's character, remember that's the mom, was more like Tina. And so Max would have spent more of the movie trying to convince her not to have sex all the time in the mill in the movie. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say, yay. Yeah? <laughs> I would have I would have enjoyed that. That would have been hysterical to me. I love the scene where she's like, don't have sex. You sound like my mother. <laughs> Keep your shorts on. <laughs> Kurt said he liked me. He said so. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. I think a little bit more of that would have been funny because I guess, okay, so in, this is dumb. I have to clarify. But so in final, in Camp Bloodbath, Nancy's, Nancy, the character, is presumably has sex and dies right after Kurt. Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. Yes. I I think that's correct. Okay. That would have been funny. Like, she's kind of got to fight her own movie destiny. (laughs) yeah so i think yay on that one too (laughs) okay um while we're on the movie little quick game because there's not actually that many guys but i have uh oh i forgot oops i forgot duncan Ah, sorry i'm like there's gotta be more dudes in the film okay (laughs) fuck mary kill (laughs) um let me take out i'm sorry blake i just don't feel like you are big enough in the film um it took me a second to remember who he was. So that's I know. Weird. Poor Blake. I kind of forgot about Blake, too. I'm so sorry, Blake. You got your beautiful kiss with Gertie, but it's not <laughs> that memorable. Um, okay. Fuck, Mary, kill, Chris, Kurt, Duncan. Um, <laughs> I'm going to marry Chris. Okay. Uh, obviously. I feel like that's obvious. Um <laughs> You know, there's a part of me that kind of wants to fuck Kurt, but I feel like I wouldn't respect myself afterwards. So <laughs> I'm going to kill Kurt and I guess fuck Duncan. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird night. Um, but that's You're going to blow do. his mind, though. You're going to teach him a few things. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just going to make a stalker and he's just going to be like showing up at Chris's my house. And so we're like yes. trying to have a nice dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stand outside your outside your house with a boombox playing Betty Davis it's like, eyes. It's our song. Duncan, stop! I'm married to Chris. He's my husband. <laughs> He's right here. I'll kick your ass. 
<laughs> yeah, he's literally standing on the porch. He's not going to kick your ass because he respects me oh, too much. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I clearly uh, don't have enough self-respect, so I'm, I'm going to have sex with Kurt because... Ugh. Means money. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a cherry thief. <laughs> he's a cha- got a tattoo in juvie. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to kill Duncan because he just, like, pissed me off initially. That's and fair. I don't know. He's just too nerdy for me. It wasn't, like, nerdy funny. Um, and then I'll marry Chris, but um, I won't be happy because for whatever reason, Chris did not do it for me in this film at all. I thought he was, like, a wet blanket. You should just marry Kurt. You know you want to. No, but I could never marry him. I know I would be too unhappy, but he's like the be- That's why I said like high school me. He's like the boyfriend that you should not be with, but you keep going back to when he calls. Uh, yep. So it's like, I know, I know a little bit better now, but not much. <laughs> yeah. Very true. <laughs> okay. And then you might've already kind of said your answer when you were going through your lore, but um, I'm curious to know if you had to pick your ultimate final girl to fight alongside with, who are you? Go- who are you gonna call? Are you gonna call <laughs> Sydney Prescott, Lori Strode, Nancy Thompson, or Ellen Ripley? Or if I if I forgot somebody, you can also like write in your nomination. If you're like Jeanette, you forgot my favorite. Blah blah blah. Uh, that is you did not forget my favorite. I mean, there are obviously <laughs> a lot of great final girls. Like, the one from Crawl. So, Haley oh. from Crawl is also popping in my head because I'm like, oh, she was a good final girl. She was, but yep. I think I have to pick Sydney Prescott. I really think that she's my be-all, end-all final girl. Um, Ella Ripley's also a fucking badass, but I know you're going to pick Ella. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so my answer is Sydney Prescott. I love that. No, I mean, I'm still like teaming up with you and all them. Sydney is amazing. I think, yeah, I think I kind of thought she would be your favorite. And then, yeah, I'm going with Ripley. Just, I mean, I'm not going to be friends with Ripley. I think she's a little too crass. Not crass, but like cold for me. I think I'd be more friends with like Laurie Strode. That was my second pick. But mm. Ripley and I are getting to the end of the fucking movie. That's, yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> Imagine a team of you, me, Sydney, and Ripley. Oh my god, we'd be unstoppable. <laughs> I want to live in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ta-da! That's it. There's no that's like. It. What's your next pick? No, we will be back about middle of September, guys. So Woo-hoo. look for us then. Yeah, season two. Season two. Say and then, yeah. The... Just in time for all the spook spooks. All the spook spooks and all the themed horror movies. Oh, so many themes. So good. I know. Like, I saw the list you started and I was like, we need five more lists. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you've got time. So if you want something special done, let us know because we'll add it in. Otherwise, I'm really excited. And we missed yeah. you already and we'll be back soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, guys. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us five stars and maybe maybe review, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Lawn Horror Podcast. Twitter at Lawn Horror Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lawn Horror. Check out our website, lawnhorror.com. Send us an email at lawnhorror at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 909-666-0159. Hey guys, never drop your weapon. And don't forget to double tap.
Musical fade out.